Let me take a quick sipski. Little sipski. <laughs> Jesus. That's a sip. That's what I'm going to use to open this episode. It's oh, just a God. really good sip. <laughs> Apologies to everyone with misophonia. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's episode of the Big One Podcast. We are back, and honestly, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Brian, better than ever. Better than ever. I'm B-Boy. This is New Guy, and we have a lot of season to catch up on, so we figured we'd start right there. Um, We last left off at Atlanta, which I believe was like maybe week five or six of the season. And uh, yeah. we're at week 13, uh, halfway through our regular season. All-star perfect. race coming up. Um, perfect time Everything to, according uh, to plan. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, to catch back up and, <laughs> and try and do this thing. Um, so, yes, yeah, if, if you've never listened to us before, we're the Big One Podcast. We talk about motorsports, mostly NASCAR, but basically every motorsport. Uh, this one's definitely going to be all about NASCAR and really just trying to catch up on the weeks that we missed. Mm. Um, feel free to follow us at Podcast Big One on Twitter or email us at podcastbigone at gmail.com. We're still looking for those uh, those songs. We need some songs. Send us yeah. music. Send us songs. Everyone. Sing me Your a song. original music. Not original like compositions. Yes, or send us Nickelback. Either one. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Uh, you know um, what also I'm not mad at, new guy? Please. Our sponsor this week. Tell me about it. Uh, this week, uh, this week's episode is actually brought to you by the classic movie "Ernest Goes to Camp." Uh, <laughs> we we all we're we're big fans of Ernest Goes to Camp here at the Big One Podcast, and we're so happy. We've been working at this for a long time. Lots of mm-hmm. backroom negotiations with Disney, uh, but we got them, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We got them. Yeah, this <laughs> this wasn't a free a free reign get like a Winnie the Pooh. You know, anyone can mm-hmm, get that now. Mm-hmm. We're 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 doing Ernest Goes. To yeah, Camp. had to pay a uh, lot of money. It's it. a reverse sponsorship. We're not getting paid for this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah we're paying just to mention the name every single time we mention it. it, it costs oh God, money. yeah, we really got to stop. Yeah, so um, uh, let's go to camp. Yeah, let's get please. into some storylines from this season. Um, let's start with uh, just these new cars, uh, new guy. What what have we seen from them? Um, they're pretty great. They're really living up to the hype, uh, which is great to see. You know, we love it when cars are fun to watch driving. That's why we come uh, to races. Um, there's been a lot of diversity in the winners, and like mm-hmm. no clear domination by manufacturer. Have you been noticing much? Uh, domination by any specific team? Um, yeah, a couple teams, right? Uh, I, I definitely think like Hendrick and JGR are the still the class of the field, which makes you want to say, oh, well, Chevy and, and, and Toyota are dominating. But I think the most interesting thing, and when I talk about like diversity and manufacturer, it's not like mile and a halfs aren't just clearly Toyota, and, and Chevys aren't clearly like the super speedways or anything like that, right? Um, which, you know, obviously, like, it's, we're having diversity diversity in the winners, but it's about who's running up front week to week. Um, it, it has helped that there's been, honestly, mild chaos in a lot of these races. So yeah, the front runners true. have been in, in trouble, either losing tires or getting caught up in accidents. And really, it's just, it's hard, it's, you know, it's a hard to drive car, and that's kind of what we mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah, yeah. Hard to drive, but uh, good racing. Yeah, good racing. Um, you can always tell, and we talked about this early in the season, is like if you see the guys struggling during qualifying and practice to find that razor's edge and not step over it, uh, which they've stepped over it quite a bit, then that's a clear sign that the car is good, right? And and drivers actually are responding well to the car as well, I think. so. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that there's a decent amount of wrecking and qualifying and practice here. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's also been a decent amount of wrecking in Formula One and qualifying in practice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's something in the water, something in the air, but uh, well, I think they they've switched to you know totally new oh, new car as well. well. Wow, rules package. What so, yeah. what a treat! Look at this. And, and earlier you said we were only going to talk about NASCAR. I've already broken it. I've already broken Ugh. the streak. Ernest wouldn't be going to camp 
if you were in charge. No, Brian, my money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of money, uh, there's been just a few kind of more severe penalties. Most of the severe severity in penalties has been just from losing a tire, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, But not really any severe penalties, but lots of inspection failures. Yeah, what what's up with that? I think I think everyone's just trying to find ways to push the limits of the car. That and I'm sure there's there's a fair amount of just trying to figure out what is going to fail in inspection. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> the thing is, is like these cars are more like kit cars, right? Like they're getting these pieces from all over. They diversified. You know, there's a lot less manufacturing done by the teams themselves. So. Mm-hmm. In general, there should be less room for inspection failures. It shouldn't really happen as often. Um, but then weird stuff has happened. Like like they were, I forget which track they were at first. It might have been Kansas. That they were bringing the cars down for inspection, and several were failing the first time through. And they realized the car's just getting too hot while bringing oh, it wow. in the inspection what? line. So they're wow. they're standing there with umbrellas over the car. They've had to do this several weeks now. Whoa. Standing with umbrellas over the car just to keep it from getting so hot that it bends the body and it fails inspection, which is That's wild. Wild. Yeah, I yeah. had I would not even consider that that would be possible. That's nuts. Yeah, huh. uh, you know, I'm sure several teams were just like, "Well, we're not even trying to cheat in the fact that we're failing inspection." Yeah. <laughs> up, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure that's happened to a lot of folks, but you know, you, you, I think if you fail twice, like you don't get to keep your uh, your pit lane selection. So like, there's little penalties associated with that that hurt you on the weekend. But overall, you know, uh, I think I think most teams have been playing by the rules and 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 are you know uh, the racing's been good. So that's all we want. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. One one of the other big like themes this season has been tire failures. Um, mm-hmm. And, tire and wheel failures. Oh. Yeah, tire and wheel failures. And it's really, I know, uh, I know you had mentioned um, something about the that teams are running a lower prior, tire pressure than what Goodyear is recommending, um, mm-hmm. which could be a like large contributor to it. But I wonder as well if it's just something about this new uh, package that the cars have that's leading to them. I don't know, putting putting more stress on the tires or something, or if it's just I think this it's new definitely compound. true. I think that, well, the left rear has never been really that big of an issue before. In fact, the left rear might have been the most neglected tire in NASCAR for a long time. Um, whereas these days, the left rear seems to be the one that's failing the most, right? Um, mm. And and it is because, I, I know it is because they're just, they're just not putting enough pressure in the tire. And one thing that I, I didn't consider last time we talked about this is we're really seeing the tire failures pick up now more than we did earlier in the season. And it's because, you know, as they're learning about the car week in, week out, they're starting to press the envelope when it comes to, to, you know, competitive setups. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, they'll find a line and they'll have to, they'll have to, you know, they'll go past the line a couple of times. They'll, they'll learn from, you know, wrecking out and losing tires and they'll, they'll draw it back. But overall, like as much hatred as I was giving to Goodyear, I got to back that up. And say like it's not Goodyear's fault; it's the team's fault, probably more. more yeah, it's Goodyear's fault. And then also, I mean, the tire or the wheel itself coming loose. I, it, you know, originally I'm like, oh, geez, single lug nut. Oh, is that the actual issue? But it really isn't. It really is the teams need to get it on. And you know, a lot of four race penalties been hit by these or given out to these teams because of losing these these wheels and. It's severe, yeah. but honestly, it's appropriate. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I, I watched a uh, someone posted like uh, a clip to Reddit the other day of, wow, look at me, I'm about to talk about F1 again of an uh, oh, nice. an old F1 race like from the '90s or, or early 2000s uh, that took place in the rain before wheels had tethers on them, and one guy mm-hmm. spun out like right at the start, and then. I mean, literally, like, 12 other cars got caught up in the crash, and there were wheels flying Jeez. everywhere, and I am, like, amazed that no one... I mean, some of those wheels almost went up into the stands, and it's just insanely dangerous. Like, it, those wheels are so heavy, and they move so fast, and yeah. Heavy penalties for people not being responsible enough to attach the wheels properly is, I think, uh, pretty appropriate. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which series it was in, and honestly, I don't remember the year. It might have been the 80s or early 90s, but, like, a tire did come off in a NASCAR series and killed people. 
like went into the stands and killed people. So like yeah, didn't one of the, didn't that happen like during an IndyCar race at Indianapolis? Maybe oh, well, maybe know. that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about Indy. Um, I don't know. I I definitely know that that's happened. Um, and maybe uh-huh. multiple times. Uh, so like yeah, it's it's unacceptable to have a wheel come off. Just not just for the safety of the fans, but even for the safety of the drivers. Um, plus we don't want to have, you know, drivers out there competing for, for the lead and then immediately losing a, a, a wheel. Um, yeah, but like, yeah. The, the I comedic think, think, timing you know, is good, but the, the, not good <laughs> for the racing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I've seen some really good saves. The teams are realizing when they're not getting the wheel on, I think more mm-hmm. often now, which is good. Like Kurt Busch a couple weeks ago, he was about to leave pit lane. They dropped the Jack and literally the whole team like jumped on like one of the guys jumped on the hood of the car to tell Kurt don't leave the pit stall like we don't yeah. have the tire on wow. and that's the kind of thing is like the the tire changers are going to notice that they're not getting it on and yeah. they're going to yeah. be able to to correct that like it's it's a learning curve is really all mm-hmm. that it is um and then we had the opposite scenario i guess 2 weeks ago um with Eric Jones not being able to get the wheel off um and that's an over tightening thing like that's that can happen as well so it's again it's a learning thing on both sides, and, and really that's on the teams. It's not on the fact that we're going to single lug nuts. Um, I do have an opinion on, on the lack of innerliner hurting us, um, but, you know, uh, we, that's that, that's an opinion for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another app. Let's, let's talk about some teams here. What, what do you think is going yeah. on with 2311? Oh, man. Yeah, some struggles there. Uh, I think Denny said it best when... Jordan or Jordan when Kurt Busch went out there and won in the Jordan car, which is like one of the sexiest cars that's ever hit a racetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt, I mean, Denny was obviously very happy, but at the same time, Bubba had a winning car as well that race and had to come from the back multiple times. And literally, Bubba, as he's coming to pit lane on that last pit stop, said, Please keep me in this race. Like he was pleading with this crew, do not mess this up. Like, and mm-hmm. what do they do? They messed it up. Uh, so he raced yeah. from the back and ended up Jeez. finishing 10th. And, I, and you know, it was a Toyota-dominated race, but he was that good. He was better than every JGR car, and obviously Kurt was as well. Yeah. Um, and, and 2311 has shown speed, and definitely recently in these last couple weeks, and Denny acknowledged it after the race, we need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Like, yeah. we're there. The speed yeah. is there. And I, I don't know, you know, Denny's, Denny once said uh, in an interview that this is a five-year plan to get this team to championship caliber, like to win a championship. Yeah, I think I right that. now they're on that path. Yeah, like the fact yeah that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Kurt's, you know, Bubba won in the playoffs last year, so he wasn't in the playoffs. But, uh, Kurt has won. He's basically in the playoffs. Bubba is shown speed. Maybe he gets a win, or maybe he even points his way in. He's not that many points behind. Um, Grant said, you know, half a season left, but um, they're there. They're there to make the playoffs. And in year two, if both teams can make the playoffs, that's huge, And considering one of the teams is brand new this year. So. Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, man, it's we've, we've both been big fans of Bubba for a long time. And, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, there's, like, been some like belief and some doubts about whether or not he has the capacity to be a consistently winning driver. And I think that we're seeing that he does have that capacity and then it just fucking sucks to see that his team is like screwing him over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And what's weird. So like the, the way the situation is, is uh 2311 leases their crew from JGR. So like they don't, they don't, the, the crew is not hired and paid by them directly. It's it's paid by JGR. And Joe Gibbs is probably not giving them the best crew members. Mm, so, like, when Denny's considering, like, oh, I'm just going to fire everyone and start over, it's not really his decision that he can make. Yeah. He obviously has Joe Gibbs' ear, and he can you know, tell him, you know, hey, we need to make some changes. Um, but really, that's up to JGR. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a weird situation to be in, for sure. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, Michael Jordan sat behind my mom in French literature when they were both at UNC Chapel Hill. Isn't that neat? Oh, that's nice. Huh. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, me and Kurt Busch hung out after the Talladega race this year at uh, before the Cubs-Braves game, which was pretty cool. I bought him a beer. Uh, we talked about why there isn't Jordan gear. He said it's a whole thing. And then showed up with a Jordan car a couple weeks later. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a cool forty five minutes of my life. 
Very cool. Yeah, you've met both Bush brothers this year. I have. I have. You're met basically both brothers. You're basically a Bush at this point. I know. Yeah. 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 I didn't think that uh, Kurt Bush could make me like him anymore, and then you sent me that picture. Uh, yeah. What a guy. Just a chill what dude. a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really That's good awesome. dude. Um, Cool. I think uh, one of the well, things I'm. Uh, oh, oh huh? go ahead. Oh, oh god. Uh, I think one of the things I'm most uh, excited about this year was, uh, or, or that's been announced recently, was uh, Trackhouse's Project Ninety One. Yeah. Um, I'm so psyched. Kimi Raikkonen, everyone's favorite F1 driver, uh, the Iceman himself. Move over, Val Kilmer. Uh, he's he's gonna be. Was Val Kilmer Iceman? Anyway. Uh, he's no- going to be racing. <laughs> I don't know. I need to watch Top Gun again. He's going to be racing at, uh, at at Watkins Glen this year, which is amazing. Like, Kimi Rankin and driving a freaking NASCAR at Watkins Glen. I, I'm tempted to try to figure out whether or not I can make it to Watkins Glen this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And obviously, Kimi Raikkonen has, he ran a truck series race back in, I think, the early 2000s. Uh, it was when he was doing, like, World Rally Cross and stuff. Like, right after he had won an F1 championship, and he finished mm-hmm. 10th, um, which is pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. I've also, I also saw in the uh, Reddit AMA with the guy who runs Project 91, or uh, who runs Trackhouse, I forget his name, um, that they're trying to get someone, yeah, that sounds right, um, <laughs> that they're trying to get someone to race at Daytona for them next year. They're still in talks to try to figure it out, but... I'm keeping my yep. little fingers and toes crossed for uh, Daniel Ricardo to get in there. You know, he's not been doing great mm-hmm. at McLaren. Uh, there's lots mm-hmm. of talk of him losing his ride there. And what better way to follow up a uh, F1 career that is sputtered and sort of fallen apart than to go mm-hmm. uh, drive cars way too fast at Daytona International Speedway? Yeah, I, I have seen Daniel Ricardo talk about the fact that he would like to try NASCAR afterwards, but he's also very pragmatic about it and knowing that, like, He's not going to just jump in and do, like, one race. I think he's the kind of guy that he's like, look, I might go to NASCAR, but I'm going to go to a truck team first, and I'm going to learn learn my way into stock cars, which is, I think, the right route. And not to say that Kimmy's doing it wrong. I think this Project 91 is really awesome, and it's exactly what, um, uh, you know, the sport needs to essentially get some of those international watchers that are into F1. And, and, and you know, I, the, the recap here for those that don't know what Project 91 is, it's Trackhouse fielding a third team, but strictly for international drivers, um, which is that's the that's the, the get right. Like like nobody, uh, I can't ever remember a team even trying to go with international drivers besides Juan Pablo Montoya and uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, the Australian guy. That's the only two that I can really think of, um, and maybe a couple of French and Canadian uh, drivers, but that's about it. Scott Dixon. Um, so yeah, who? Sorry, Scott Dixon. No, oh, it doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a guy. He, he won. He actually won some races, and I he drove for JTG Doherty, um, and I just can't remember his name right now. But um, anyway, uh, so yeah. But I think the biggest reason that I'm excited about Project Ninety One is because Trackhouse has found so much success. Yeah. Uh, not just with Ross Chastain, but across the team. I mean, Suarez and Chastain are are doing really well. Suarez it keeps getting into a position and then something happens to him, um, he's probably going to try and... He's probably going to win a race this year. There, there are picks for backmarkers, and they're just not backmarkers in the slightest. What an excellent looks job like he's done. I know. Chastain <laughs> looks like he's probably the best driver so far this season, um, which is, yeah. uh, you know, this is only his second year in Cup, um, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Pretty solid for a watermelon farmer, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> He's always shown that speed. I mean, he was he was right there. He was about to run a full year of Xfinity racing with uh, Chip Ganassi racing, and that was a really good car, and everything fell apart for him, and then he slowly worked his way back up through Nice uh, Motorsports and then uh, College Racing uh, to get here. So it's it's well-deserved uh, and, and not surprising at all that he's having this success. So Trackhouse Racing, building it the right way. Um, speaking about building it the right way, Roush Fenway, Kozlowski Racing, the Kozlowski part being new this year, how are they doing? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a uh, that's that's about right. I mean, Roush has kind of faded into mediocrity for the last several seasons. Um, this season, obviously, they started strong with the qualifying races. They won both of them. 
uh, with their two-card team. Um, and so far, though, they haven't really shown the speed to be competitive. That said, I think they are they are making strides, and that's going to happen when Keselowski joins the team, even just as a driver. Um, yeah. But they are making some strides forward, and obviously, you know, just like Denny has a five-year plan, I'm sure, sure Keselowski knows he can't go out there and compete for a championship year one, year two, maybe even year three. Um, but they're they're starting to turn things around just in the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, and and I mean, I don't think either one of those teams is gonna win a race this year or make the playoffs. But that's not necessarily, I think, the goal to say it was a success, successful season for them. Yeah. Um, and so you know, <clears throat> struggling now, but definitely turning things around, kind of like twenty three eleven. Man, somehow I I don't know what it is, but ever since Kozlowski has stopped driving the two, my brain just fails to register that he exists oh okay <laughs> i yeah, just yeah. like yeah, i forget everything that he does like i I've, i'm just so used to him being in the two and now that he's mm-hmm. yeah not not doesn't have the speed that he used to uh as far as i'm concerned yeah. he doesn't exist and uh you're making all of this up which i mean you're yeah doing that's a great probably job. true yeah thanks man um speaking of uh doesn't exist and doing a great job um talk about Hendrick, JGR, and Penske. Obviously, I, I said earlier that they, they seem like the class of the field. Of those yeah, three, yeah. how about you rank them for me? Rank them for me, baby. Um, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be a little biased here mm. because my favorite driver drives for Penske and say that Ryan Blaney is the best driver ever uh, and that Penske mm. is the best team right now. Uh, I'm going to go Pinsky, Hendrick, JGR. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like you're very wrong. I think the <laughs> order that I gave them in is exactly the order. Hendrick, JGR, Pinsky. Um, but that said, you know, I look I look at, like, Pinsky's wins more than I'm looking at, like, their season. Like, Ryan Blaney's had a very consistent season so far. Kind of like yeah. Chase Elliott, where Chase only has the one win and, and Blaney has only won at All-Star Race. So, um you know, it's interesting at Penske because the the points wins have come from Joey basically wrecking a guy to get a win, which we'll talk a, lot, a little Classic bit about Joey. in a second. Um, and then Austin Sindrick winning at Daytona, which is a teamwork race, but eventually, you know, is kind of a crapshoot uh, on who can win. Um, so, like, I don't see Penske having any quality wins yet this year. Um, yeah. JGR didn't start the year very strong but are getting their quality wins and you look at guys like Truex and and Christopher Bell that don't have wins yet this year I'm very adamant about the fact that probably both of them will have a win before the playoffs in these mm-hmm. last 13 weeks so you know uh it's hard to it's hard to say that JGR is not doing well and then Hendrick I mean all four drivers have won uh, one of them has won yeah, multiple that's times good. Uh, that's a good thing two previous the last two previous champions are there I mean that's and one of them is leading points. So I mean that's that's yeah, that's pretty, top so- of, top <laughs> that's pretty solid. Right now. I mean you're making a good argument for it certainly. You know I, it's interesting because like Trackhouse when we talk about Trackhouse and how well they're they're doing, I might even put them like right on that same tier as JGR right now. Like I think they're right at that same level as a yeah. two car team. Yeah, they're, they're I mean they're doing really good. So yeah, I can uh, see cool. that. Cool, cool, cool. I really wish uh-huh. that. Uh, Penske had more drivers that I like. Having having my favorite driver be adjacent to Joey Logano is really, it's it's heartbreaking. Every race I go to, I cry every race I go to. I hide it from you, but <laughs> I know, I know. Maybe I always say you turn away. You're not. You're not. You're very obvious, actually. I, I wipe back and <laughs> no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, it's good times. Speaking, um, speaking of crying. Just to throw it back to an earlier race this year, uh, you know, one race that we didn't recap. I was at Bristol and uh, the dirt race, and way up in the stands, all the way at the back. You know, the rain actually couldn't get on us. Me and my dad, and it was it was great. It was a fantastic race and a really really good spot to watch all the racing action from. But to watch my boy Tyler Reddick lead those last 30 something laps i was a mess i was i was my dad has a video of me because i'm like jumping up and down on a bum ankle like i'm just so (laughs) enthralled of this racing and just like him trying to hold on with briscoe hunting him down and then what happens briscoe overdoes it wrecks himself um similar to what he did at the coke 600 and that brings me to my next question which is a storyline of this year aggression and what kind of aggression is acceptable uh, thoughts on that 
Hmm. That was a weird what sequitur. I'm glad kind I got there. Of question. <laughs> what kind of aggression is acceptable? You know, uh, yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, little little aggressive moves to go for a win. I'm totally down for. You know, a little mm-hmm. bump, a little bump to push someone out of the way coming into the final corner at a short track. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, shutting the door on someone real hard, love it. Slamming up into someone and pushing them into the wall when you're going to the final, uh, to, going to the line, Talladega, love it. I mean, you know, that's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's hard racing. Um, mm-hmm. I think deliberately spinning someone out is fucked and dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, I think more than anything about. else, I think that anything that Joey does is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the three. I was going to say, let's talk about the three types of aggression that we've seen going for wins this year. Um, Briscoe twice uh, has kind of went into a corner with very little chance of making the corner, but mm. really just in those like last-ditch effort of, like, let me throw it in here, and if the tires stick, I'm going to come out a winner, or if they don't, I'm going to wreck myself. Um, there's that. Um, it seems like something does, I would you do. Know, has sorry, caused I don't think cautions, has caused restarts, um, you know, and, and then, you know, costing the person that was leading at the time a win both times. So um, there's that. Then there's Joey paying back Byron, which I use payback with, uh, you know, some air quotes there. He, he said Byron kind of shoved him up into the wall on the restart. Um, Joey's car was unaffected. Uh, and then yet Joey goes in and just piled again, went in like he couldn't even make the corner, pile drives into uh, Byron. And, and not not only just puts Byron in the second place, he puts Byron in the wall and basically ruins his race. I think he finished, like, 15th or something, mm. pretty far back. So, And then well, there's the other part, which is, like, Chastain, right? Chastain, his first, first win at the road course, um, hard racing. He got bumped out of the way, and then he went in real hard and kind of door slammed the guy back. So it's kind of like a ramp-up kind of thing, kind of like Joey's. But where he didn't wreck the other guy, right? Like, he didn't yeah. take him completely out. He door slammed him. The other guy was able to finish well, and he was able to go off and win the race. So, like, which mm. of any of those three out of bounds to you? Uh, uh, well, obviously, Joey. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think I think that the Briscoe stuff I'm torn on because on one hand, yeah, man, go for it. But on the other mm-hmm. Like ruining someone else's race and also spinning yourself out and finishing lower than you could, like sometimes mm-hmm. you need to you need to understand when to be aggressive and uh, be judicious with with taking those like ridiculous shots because mm-hmm. I mean yeah, it's it's like people well this isn't a great example I was gonna say it's like people in basketball holding off on taking half court shots so that they keep their own stats up. Yeah, yeah, they should take half court shots. I mean, like in all reality, there's like no big negative other than bringing their stats down. But mm-hmm. yeah, when well, you're I driving cars that can crash into each other, it's a little bit different. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a bit of a safety element there. I say a yeah. bit just because these cars are so safe at this point. So it's not yeah. like in the year F one where you know. You know I think one thing that I've been really impressed with is how great. Chastain is at doling out that aggression just so appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In that that road course race, it was like, was it between who was up at the front there? I remember that I was Bowman, very excited. Bowman, for, I think it was. Uh, I don't know. I know, I know that either was racing, but Bowman squeaked through, and he Bowman's who got door slammed then from Chastain. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I remember being really excited for someone else to win. I forget exactly who, but I mean the the, the aggression and driving and yeah, the decision making by Chastain there was like one hundred percent on point. Chastain knows how to dole out the aggression appropriately. Yeah, that and I would say two of these three instances, like when I consider what's inbounds out of bounds, I don't like Joey's move just because he totally wrecked Byron. Had he gotten to him, nudged him out of the way, um, on the final lap. Byron couldn't have gotten to him, and I don't think Byron could have been mad in that situation. Yeah. But Byron had a right to be mad when he just gets straight wrecked. Yeah. Um, and then on the, on the the Briscoe thing, Briscoe's the one that I think is a little bit out of bounds here. Look, Trackhouse mm-hmm. Racing had never had a win before. Chastain door slammed someone to, 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 to get that first win. Totally in bounds for me. That's a first win. That's a playoff win. That's huge. Briscoe, in both of his situations... 
already has a win this year. He's locked in. So he's just going for playoff points, essentially, right? I mean, yeah. obviously winning a race has a lot more to it, but like a long season success type of thoughts. He took out Larson, who also has a win this year. That's okay. And he took out Reddick, who's never won before. That's where it's a little out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, that's lame. That's lame. So, yeah, so I was I yeah. was a little upset about that, but you know, um, yeah. you know, I, yeah. again, this is the kind of racing that NASCAR wants, and and and, and honestly, it's good. We're talking about it, so like, yeah, uh, I, I I like it for the sport almost irregardless. I like all three instances, um, yeah. Even though I, I don't necessarily agree with them, so yeah, it might be chicken shit, but it's entertaining chicken shit. I think exactly. I think like. Uh, handing i think that getting payback like there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it totally junking someone um unless you're matt kenseth totally junking someone is like just unacceptable and way too much uh but like at that uh the phoenix race geez 2018 or something like that 2018 or 2017 when chase elliott got revenge on denny hamlin the way that he did it was they were coming out of a corner and Chase just went like Chase was on the inside of Denny Hamlin and he just went a little bit higher up than he normally would, bumped into Denny, put Denny into the wall just enough, and it ended up taking down Denny's tire and was like the perfect level of getting payback on someone because it didn't totally wreck mm-hmm. out Denny. It you know sent the message of stop fucking with me and. If I remember correctly, it also didn't cause a yellow to happen or anything. So, like, the race got to continue. The message was sent. I think Denny ended up spinning, so it did eventually, but okay. not in the immediacy. Like, it's not like he spun him, right? So yeah. Cut down a tire, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I agree. That's that's one of the cleanest one uh, ways to dish out some payback. Yeah. So. Um, cool. Uh, so, next up, I wanted to kind of change gears a little bit and kind of get on to uh, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, that's something that happened. Uh, the, the inductees were announced since we uh, last spoke. Um, and this year, we've got three uh, folks coming in. We have Matt Kenseth, uh, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, uh, Kirk Schomerdine and Herschel McGriff. Um, so Herschel McGriff was a driver, you know, one of the old school drivers from the early days of NASCAR. And Kirk Shelmerdine is a crew chief, um, uh, you know, well, well known for Dale Earnhardt in the late 80s and early 90s, I believe, um, and all those championships. So uh, I think all three absolutely well-deserved. The Matt Kenseth one is a little interesting to me, but I feel like the recency bias for a lot of these votes is is always going to be present, right? So Yeah, for sure. There's a guy on here, Banjo Matthews. Is his first name really <laughs> Banjo? That's amazing. I guess so. I don't. I actually don't know who Benjamin Matthews is. So, wow. Um, that but that's rules. a that's a pretty good name. Yeah. When is, is um, Dick is Dick Trickle in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay. Well, let's get him in there. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll work at it. Um, and yeah, so, so they you know they do that modern ballot the and then the I don't know what they call the other one the old school the ballot, pioneer pioneer ballot. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just one from the Pioneer ballot and then two from the Modern ballot. And, you know, there's some guys on the Modern ballot, like Ricky Rudd and uh, Jeff Burton's on there, Neil Bonnet, and I forget who else. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting to have Matt Kenseth on there, given that it, this is his first season to, to be eligible. Um, he has very similar statistics to Dale Jr. And everyone last year was talking about whether or not Dale Jr. should be there. Um, and, you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast last year or, or at some point about how Dale Jr. really gets it, not just because of what he did on the track, but mostly because of what he's done off the track for the sport. Yeah. Matt yeah. Kenseth doesn't have those credentials. It's kind of like the guy that has a good GPA but didn't do any extracurriculars, you know. Mm. Um, you think, do you think, like, that should be looked at or weighed a little bit more when you're when you're comparing, like, who should be getting into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that, yeah, like considering the entirety of someone's CV when you're deciding to induct them is a, a very worthwhile thing. You know, it, it, bringing someone in just because they're a superb driver is very mm-hmm. reasonable as well. Like that's a great mm-hmm. reason to bring someone in. But yeah, I mean, like Dale Jr. is the like prime example of someone who is not the best driver ever, but like mm-hmm. uh, undeniably deserves to be. In the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to say that that's the line, because even some of the folks that I just mentioned that were up against Matt Kenseth, like, none of them are, are like, blowing Matt Kenseth's stats out of the water by any means. Matt might have even been the most deserving driver on there. I mean, Ricky Rudd was, was an Iron Man and, and you know, uh, definitely has the stats to match. So, like, I, I, I just, I think it would be better if when these folks, especially the newer recent drivers, get onto the ballot for the first time, they maybe wait a season or two so that, you know, you're, you're really seeing that, like, we're weighing everything about the driver, right? Like, some of these other guys, they can only be on the ballot so many times and they're off. So uh, yeah. I think, like, inducting a Ricky Rudd would have been probably my choice uh, uh, this season over a Matt Kenseth. But. I think my choice would be Dick Trickle. Yeah, well, but that's, that's just that's me. why you don't get to vote. <laughs> they should, but one day one we day. should um we should make a new movie called uh dick trickle goes to school or goes to camp yeah yeah i earnestly think he would go to camp oh no he oh no <laughs> oh no god we haven't Disney no that's getting didn't count. so much we're, we're money okay from we're safe okay we're thank safe. god thank god plus it's it's all clint's money anyway right yeah too true <laughs> uh how are you feeling <laughs> right, about these um, uh lower leagues uh, yeah, Truck and Xfinity. Um, yeah, Truck is mostly Zane Smith uh, domination this year, um, which interestingly enough, you know, another peek behind the curtain about the order in which we're recording this. Um, you know, this week, right, right coming up into uh, Gateway, um, Chris Busher has COVID, or, or I don't know that he has COVID, but at least he's been around someone that does, so he's not going to race this weekend. So Zane Smith, the truck driver, is going to race Truck and Cup. Um, so RFK will have Zane Smith in, in, uh, in the car. That's one of the hottest four drivers in any of the leagues. Um, so I think that's a reasonable pick. So cool to see him get a cup start this year or this weekend. Um, and then John Hunter Nemechek down there hunting trophies. Well, he's only got one so far um, with his, uh, you know, Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. But he's leading points. He's been very consistent, and it's exactly where he needs to be. If, honestly, if John Hunter Nemechek can't win the championship this year... Um, I will definitely be backtracking a couple of the nice things that I've said about him. He needs to. He needs to be winning. He needs to be winning and dominating in truck right now, in my opinion. So. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Xfinity. My my take is Ty Gibbs is is God. Like he's just so good. Um, he's also a whiny little bitch and uh, like, uh, needs to grow up uh, honestly before he's ever in Cup. But that said, mm-hmm. his talent level is op- absolutely off the charts. I mean, when he won his third race this season. At that point, he had a higher win percentage than Kyle Busch does in Xfinity, which is insanity. Wow. That Kyle Busch has over That's 100 ludicrous. Wins yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ty Gibbs is that guy. Um, and then you look at Junior Motorsports, uh, two two drivers with multiple wins. Um, and Sam Mayer, I think, doesn't have a win yet, but he's young uh, and, and he's been right there. Um, there's, there's just you know, uh, all kinds of reasons to think that JGR is going to have at least, or JGR, sorry, Junior Motorsports is going to have at least two cars in the final four, if not three. Um, and so, so we'll see how that plays out. And then speaking of, uh, uh, points, AJ Allmendinger has not finished outside the top 10 this season. Um, and that's just, wow. that just points to, to call it consistency and, Colleague, you know, they're stretching themselves. I thought they might stretch themselves a little thin doing an Xfinity team and a cup team now, um, but they're they're doing just fine. Um, so wow. uh, props to Colleague continuing to prove everyone wrong. So Give them hell, Dinger. Love to see Give it. Give them hell. Yep. Um, let's move on to we're 13 races in. I have the All-Star race. We have 13 races to go. Um, what do we have on the rest of the season? Uh, what, are you, what are you looking for? What are you talking about? Um, do you know off the top of your head how many winners we have so far? Yeah, we have 11 right now, and it's a... Rue, stop. Um, we have 11 different winners. I'm glad that Rue is finally chiming in. Oh my goodness. Okay. She, she has a lot to say when it comes to NASCAR, and I, I value her opinion a lot, so it's good to hear from her. Um, I think... (laughs) Man, five more wins, five more winners in 13 races. Are we going to get to 16 winners? Have we ever gotten to 16 winners before? I don't, I don't know if we've gotten to 16 winners before. Uh, uh, 
I don't know if we will this year. I think that that's a bit... Man. Mm, 11 wins, 11 different winners, and 13 races. 13 more races to go. You know, I think we're going to see 16 winners. I think that we're going to have too many winners. They're not all going to get into the playoffs, and we're going to actually see someone who has won a race not be in the playoffs this year. Oh, so you think we'll be at uh, 17 winners is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh Okay. Yeah, interesting. Uh, um, I, I think that Joey is not going to be in the playoffs, and I think that Suarez is going to get the final spot. All right, uh, all right. you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> my opinion, I, I think we're going to probably see fourteen winners. Uh, there are definitely more than three other guys that, I, like, if right now you're putting a gun to my head and I have to choose like who's going to win, there's at least four, maybe five guys that I'm just going to say are still going to get a win this year. But inevitably, that won't happen. I think that we'll get 14 winners. We'll have two point spots, and they'll go to you know someone like Christopher Bell, um, who should have won, but just hasn't gotten it done, um, but has been consistent enough to, to point his way in. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I do – this has been awesome just because it's it's 11 winners uh, like of the points races, but it's 13 winners of – or, uh, sorry, 14 winners of points and non-points races, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, so let's let's talk this through a little bit, okay? All right, I'm looking at the I'm mm-hmm. looking at the at the current standings, and mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert: we're recording this on June third, so uh, that's that's the current day that I'm looking at these standings. So Blaney is in fourth place, no wins. Mm-hmm. I think that no he's wins. got a very good chance of winning this year, probably. Uh, yeah. Four top fives, so he's 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 getting close, and he just keeps on getting screwed out of it. His team just needs to pull shit together, and he just needs to. Break out those elbows a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that he can snatch a win. So that's one. Martin Truex Jr. He's got two yeah. top fives. He could squeeze one out, but I'm a little yeah, bit he, he, iffy on I that. I think like late summer is generally his time. Um, late summer and then early playoffs. So like I really see if he's going to get a win, it's probably going to be around there. So yeah, uh, Christopher the, Bell. The do you think he'll, he'll grab one? Um, you know, that's what I was about to say. I think for both him, Truex, and Christopher Bell, the Toyotas are doing, have a lot of speed here at these, like, mile and a halfs, and that plays in really well as you go to places like Pocono and, and Michigan as well. So, I, I see one, if not both of them, breaking through somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Kevin Harvick doesn't have a win yet. Uh, could totally see him grabbing one. Tyler Reddick as yeah. well. You love him. You want to kiss him so bad. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> so, that you don't so, think he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, my, my thoughts on both Everyone is going to get Kevin a win. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now, Kevin, Kevin Harvick, like, Briscoe's the only Stuart Haas guy that's really competed for a win. Harvick has been consistent and or pretty consistent, um, but he's definitely fallen off. I don't know that he's going to get a win. Um, yeah. In fact, like if I had to guess, I don't think anyone else at Stewart Haas Racing is going to get a win this year besides Briscoe, and Briscoe might get another one. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Reddick. I mean, I think this is a very popular opinion at this point that Reddick's going to get a win soon. Um, and and you know, uh, I think for Reddick, he should be somewhere around like seventh or eighth in points, but he overdrives the car trying to get too much out of it late in races and, and screws up his finish. So, like, he might be pointed into the chase right now, but he needs to actually be consistent. And for that to, to, to be consistent and to get those finishes, that means going for less wins. So maybe he doesn't get a win between now and the playoffs. But, like, yeah. then again, a couple more new winners and puts him in that bind where he has to win again, and maybe he does get it. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think Austin Dillon is... As is tradition, going to get some bullshit win out of nowhere. Uh, he almost did this uh, this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. Threw it in there. Oh, I'm so best. glad it didn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, and then Daniel Suarez is going to get a win. So there's, I think that's five. Yeah, I could see Suarez definitely <laughs> getting a win. Um, and then, you know, obviously Bubba's shown speed as well. Uh, there's no one else really on here. I mean, Eric Jones has shown some speed, but not enough to win. It's same with Eric Almarola. Uh, and yeah, I don't see anyone else on here that I'm like they're yeah. they're out there competing for Man, a win week in week out. So honestly, looking at this standings, it really drives home just how great this year is for 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 yeah. NASCAR. Like everyone yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty I solid. Agree more. Uh, um, who do you think so, this new OEM is going to be? 
Oh, man. Well, I mean, the, the rumor is Dodge, but uh, Honda has always been the, the rumor for, like, years and years. Even when Dodge wasn't the sport, I think Honda had been in talks. I think they've even built cars for testing before. Um, and I really just hope it isn't Dodge, because I'm still mad at Dodge for pulling out so easily, um, you know, uh, when they weren't in the sport. So, four mm. OEMs is tough. It's tough to support. I mean, Chevy dominates. And because of that, there's so many Chevy teams. So whatever new OEMs are going to come in, they either have to get by with just having one team really run theirs. I mean, if you look at yeah. Ford, Ford almost feels like it's on its way out, and we only have three manufacturers, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not for Penske, Ford isn't competitive at all. So, yeah. I mean, I guess Stuart Haas a little bit, but like mostly just Penske. Um, and Toyota is very solidly in the JGR and now 2311 camp. Like, they're not going anywhere. So this new OEM really has to steal its drivers mostly from Ford, which will put Ford down, or from Chevy, which Chevy has tons of drivers to give. This new this new OEM has to come in with money. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see who ends yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even considered, like, the difficulty of convincing teams to, like, switch yeah. OEMs. Yeah. Like, there's got to be, there's gotta be gotta so pay. much complexity around that. Yeah. When you yeah you gotta pay and then like there isn't I mean I'd say like with this newer car uh, it's at least the, the the money isn't as tight as it once was yeah. but like it's it's still like you're not getting a lot out of NASCAR besides like a little bit of marketing opportunity and Honda and, and Dodge and them like they they can do that elsewhere like they, that money can yeah. honestly could probably go further elsewhere until the sport continues to, to rise in popularity so yeah. I think it's going to be Tesla. I think... Uh, <laughs> It'd be funny to see Tesla field uh, at an all-85 uh, car here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, Elon moved right, to well, Texas. He's going to get nuts about oil, and uh, yep. it's the, yep. this is the future. Yep, yeah, turn all Teslas into gas guzzlers. Um, so speaking of gas guzzling, uh, that's kind of a good recap of this season. I mean, I feel like we went to camp. And um, now it's time to talk about 2023 and silly season. Ernest goes to camp. Um, Al Marola <laughs> is out. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, he's re- yeah he he retired at the beginning of the season, um, or or he's announced his retirement at the beginning of the season. And so mm. so far his ride is pretty open. Uh, I think um, the rumor is Ryan Priest, who has run for JTD Jordy. Uh, in the past in, in Cup and has done pretty well and then obviously like has had a couple opportunities in the lower leagues and has done well. He's definitely a pure racer. Um, I just feel like Stuart Haas racing, it's really just Briscoe right now. Custer's not panning out. Almirola is retiring. Harvick is, I think Harvick's contract actually is up in 2023 so he's maybe only got one more season left. I mean, Stuart Haas has to find drivers somewhere. Um, and there's not a whole lot in that Ford pipeline besides maybe Zane Smith, who again is racing in truck right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's going to fill Almirola's seat. I mean, Priest might, but it might only be for a season or two. So, mm. I hope it's Dane or Kyle. Then, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Kyle. Kyle Busch uh, still hasn't renewed his contract, and it feels a lot more. I, I think there's two things at play here. One is Eminem Mars pulling out of a sponsorship for next year. Um, yeah, it's hard to to back even a guy named Kyle Busch if he doesn't have that full sponsorship, and Kyle's antics honestly make him pretty hard to sponsor. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's a couple things at play there. And then the other thing is Kyle's on the back end of his career, whether he wants to admit it or not. And so he has to take a pay cut at this point, or he needs to have more incentive based contract. And I don't think he wants to. Like I think yeah. that's where his frustration comes from is he's probably getting some of that and he's unwilling to accept the fact that he's in that spot. But the guy yeah. just had a second kid. Maybe he's also thinking about his family and thinking about like, you know, I'm not going to lock into a big contract here. I'm going to do something small. Or maybe he's thinking about ownership, kind of like Keselowski did this past season. So uh, I really have zero clue what's going to happen with Kyle Busch. But let's say let's say just to, to make the silly season a bit more silly that Kyle's out at Stuart Haas, you think Ty Gibbs moves into that spot? Whoa. At the um, ripe old age of 19? I mean, I I could totally see it. He's been doing pretty well. I, I think it'd be appropriate mm-hmm. if you're going to be... 
You know, I think it's a reasonable thing, especially with how many other teams are getting good young drivers, that, like, it's a critical thing to get good young drivers that you can uh, uh, cultivate and uh, yeah. and keep up with everyone else. Um, and, yeah, and if, if, mean, if Kyle's going out, I think it makes a lot of sense to replace him with a young guy. Yeah, well, and, and Ty, again, has shown the skill, maybe not the maturity, but definitely the skill to be in Cup. And, like, if he enters in Cup next year, I mean, I, I you know, I barely ever say this because it's so hard for a rookie to win, but he would be my pick to be the first rookie to win in their, in their rookie season since Cole Custer. And, and really before that, like, it's, I can't even remember who did it before that. It's been a long time. I mean, um, and if he's good. really immature, then he's the perfect replacement for Kyle Busch. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Um, it's really interesting too because like I feel like if Ty Gibbs does move up, it the most or the the person I can compare him to the most is Kurt Busch, like when Kurt came into the, the league because Kurt mm. also was an immature little kid, little snot, like uh, you know kind of a, a whiny person, and he came in, started winning races, didn't give a shit, got in fights with some guys, won a championship, but then it like didn't you know pan out for a number of years where he kept going from race team to race team getting fired because of mm-hmm. that attitude i yeah you know, gibbs has the nepotism going for him to why that may not happen <laughs> but like eventually the maturity catches up with you and being yeah. tired yeah of it, right so yeah. kyle kyle bush has almost earned the right to be who he is and we need a personality like kyle bush in the sport oh for sure i don't think ty gibbs is that personality replacement if anything he's he's gonna wear thin on fans real quick so yeah which, honestly, that's good drama. That's good drama. That's good drama. That's what we need. Um, mm-hmm. And lastly, the only other guy that I see in Xfinity potentially like being good enough to move up is Noah Gragson. And really, for him, it's been a maturity thing for a number of years. And I think he's there. I think he and he is racing in, in the Collie car uh, some weeks when A.J. Allmendinger isn't. Um, so he's getting that cup experience. I, he's not a hot driver like i don't think he's gonna come in and and dominate it by any means but like he can go to one of these smaller chevy teams maybe even take ty dillon's role with the richard petty team or if jtg doherty decides to not sell their charter and and you know want to pick him up as as a full-time driver uh, i see gregson jumping at that opportunity but it's not going to be a competitive ride wherever he goes so yeah that all sounds right to me (laughs) Really good input from me. Can you? Uh, how about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we're halfway through the season, you guys. It's time to get reinvigorated, and and you know, we're let's, let's get back after it. Let's watch these races. Let's commentate on these races. We owe it to our fans. They want been, to go to camp with us and be been earnest and begging. We for just it. deliver. Yeah. 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 It's the right thing to do. All right. Uh, take us out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And uh, you know what? Why not? We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.